Rick Madison, Rick and Friends, thanks so much for listening. And uh, we have a regular on the show. And we, he's a regular because he uh, he reads the news. And he's uh, he's a data guy. And uh, we love having him because uh, he always speaks from the heart. And we, we love that about Jeff Cox. So uh, welcome to the big show again. Always glad to be here. Now, uh, Jeff, let, let's start off... Uh, there, there's a number of things going on. Of course, we're going to cover a lot of subjects today. But uh, let's. Uh, there was there was something you sent me this morning, and I, uh, you know, the, the Arrive Can app. <laughs> Mind blowing. <laughs> um, and I just recently went through the border, and and it was uh, late late at night, and the border patrol says, "Do you have your Arrive Can?" And I said, "You know what? Honestly, I I'm just tired. I don't." I, I really don't. And I started looking for it. And I was very respectful because yeah. it's not his fault. Did you honestly forget? I, I did. Yeah, well, yeah. I was traveling. Um, I was traveling on a motorbike. Oh. And, and and I thought, okay, from land, you don't need it. Air, you do. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. So I went through and, and I said, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I just don't have it. And he said, don't worry. You have a one-time exemption. <laughs> And you, would you like to use it, sir? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> and, and so away we went. So yeah. it, it is, uh, it's generating so much negative, yet the federal government just, just continues to plod on with this arrive can. And, and so uh, like, I, 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 I'm, I'm having, I'm struggling with it just as a Canadian. Well, and, and I, and I, I'm going to call you an educated traveling Canadian, so imagine if you're if you're an American coming up here, which which a lot of the you know you talked in that article talked about border towns and the um, just that they're still getting hammered. In fact, there's a golf course in southern Ontario where a lot of their members are actually American, and and the golf course is in a, I, I mean it it arguably may close because of the Arrive Can app and the challenges that that a lot of um, a lot of the Americans have had trying to cross the border. I mean, and again, there's a classic example. You don't, as Canadians, and, and again, I, I believe you sincerely think, ah, no, this is an air travel thing. It, it wouldn't apply to the border when, mm-hmm. when I'm on when I'm on my bike, but but it does. And that's half the problem is is the lack of knowledge of when or how to use it. The other piece of it too is is we assume everyone is tech savvy and and they're not. Um, and so multiple challenges. The irony, though, of of that article is that that the federal liberal government has somehow, and I and I don't believe for a second that this is not driven by them. Although I don't have any, we, there's today there's no proof. Although I'm sure it will come. It is the top rated one of the top rated apps on the App Store in Canada. So so has higher ratings than Netflix, um, Disney Plus. Google combined, it, it which is outrageous. So, so we're China. So we're now we are now into um, government promoted programs. Like the craziness of that, I, I it's 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 just mine. Like I read the article that this is we've lost. We've we're lunatics is what we are. Like so so obviously they've they've worked the system to to generate that positive. Uh, feedback because we all know that when you travel and you have difficulties in travel and it's the government, let's, let's face it, you are going to hammer, you're going to hammer them with all of your might and you're going to spend time doing it. And for them to have more positive reviews than negative, you got to think the system is rigged. Well, they're canned reviews too. That's the crazy part. Like if you read them, they say things like, wow, did this make traveling so much easier? I mean, I mean, it's another step though. I don't, you could be the, you, you could, you could live and die as a liberal and you can't say that this is not rigged. Like that, that is, it's nuts that, that this is where we're at and that this is the promotion of a federal government, you know? At a time too, when when again Vancouver had huge challenges on the weekend with their airport, Pearson continues to be a parking lot. Calgary um, has its challenges day in and day out. Um, you know, I'm not even going to say the name. The Montreal airport um, also has its has has had significant challenges. Like, like, come on, are we really at a state right now where the where the federal government is spending money to promote Arrive Can and its reviews? That uh, like. Come on. 
I, like at some point we're just going to say enough is enough. No, I, and, it, and it's funny too. You bring up a great point about there's certain seniors I know and, and various other people that have flip phones and they don't have a smartphone. And, and for them, this is just an absolute nightmare if you want to travel. And, yep. and I, again, I, I was under the impression wrongfully so that I, I didn't need it when I was traveling through land and, and now they keep extending and, and changing the program. And it just seems like there is, they have an agenda and no matter what is going on, okay, our airports are rated the worst in the world <laughs> that we will dedicate resources to something else that will make it even more of a quagmire. Like that seems to be the ongoing, the nitrate thing with the farmers, like no matter what, we will push this agenda through no matter what is going on right now. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and you know, to, to touch on the, the you're, you're right, seniors um, that, that maybe struggle or don't, don't have a smartphone, I would go further than that. I have, so, and again, would say I'm fairly tech savvy. Uh, the last time we were coming back into the country, um, it would not upload my wife's proof of vaccination. I actually had to go in and play with the picture because it was picking something up, right? So like, and again, I know enough to know that that's what I have to do. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, to say that the average person is 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 going to be able to do that. There, right. There's no way. Right. Let alone a review that says, wow, this made traveling so much better. And I mean, if that wasn't written by a robot, that person should be in jail. Like, come <laughs> on. It's nuts. Okay. So the, the liberal government cuts funding, suspends anti-racism groups project after tweets. Uh, that's the headline. Rex Murphy drew um, a lot of attention to this when he wrote about the fact that uh, no matter what's going on in the country, the the liberal government seems to always, again, the overriding direction is is follow the agenda, no matter what's going on. So 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 don't tend to the airport. Don't tend to the arrive can app. Don't don't do any of that stuff. Let's send money. And, and not properly vet groups as far as anti-hate. And then it turns out some of the, the funds that they were sending their way went to this group who um, have some, some, let's call it a bias. <laughs> a bias. The community media advocacy, advocacy group is who got the money right from, the, from, the, from Heritage Canada. They gave them $133,000 grant. And then um, the uh, leader of that group then went on on multiple social media sites and started spewing extremely anti-Semitic hate messages. Um, the crazier part is it was it was brought like so the grant was approved through our diversity minister. So there's that's a job for you, the diversity minister. <laughs> yes. Um, which which listen, I'm not I'm not dismissing that that we we are a very diverse country and we're built on immigration and a number of things. I'm not sure why we need a diversity minister and why that diversity minister feels that he should be giving $132,000 grants without vetting the person that it's going to. Further to that, it was, it, it, it took weeks for them to address the issue. So, so it, it's not like they responded or it was them that brought it up. It hit the media. They said they were looking into it. Looking into what? I read the tweets. I'm not going to repeat them. I mean, sorry, what? Sorry, diversity of hate. Is that the new, the new game? I mean, again, I go back to it. Like, like this is upside down. No. What was interesting about is when I read the name of the group that got the funding, I thought from a marketing standpoint, great name. Like, I mean, advocacy group, like it had all, it, it checked all the boxes and I'm sure when it showed up to get funding, they went, that's a great name like that. That is an outstanding name. And just based on that, based on the label, what kind of harm would they possibly do? And again, I, I, I mean, obviously, we all have a problem with the fact that, you know, they were being funded by our tax dollars. But the second thing, and this is something Rex Murphy, and thank goodness for Rex Murphy, he brings up the fact that they are just basically ignoring a lot of the issues that Canadians are facing. And on a priority level, they are choosing to continue to push this agenda. And and I'm going to beat it until the drum is, is broken. But I... This seems like a government that doesn't listen. It doesn't, it's it's not reading the news. It's just basically going, plunging ahead, no matter what. 
and and fueling fueling this this it feels like we're isolated out west and it does feel like we're as canadians we don't have a government that's really serving the people they're just serving their own agenda which again there's so many different examples we'll talk about on the show (laughs) but but this isn't yet another one of those gaffes that that they and and then they just continue to plot on. So we'll find out about some other groups, I'm sure, down the road. There was another uh, article this this week. Um, don't have have it right in front of me, but it was it was a National Post article that talked about Stoke the woke and this idea that that is what the federal liberals are out to do is create divisiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 again, there's shining examples of it every day. Uh, again, um, Christian Freeland got got berated in Alberta this week. And I don't condone that at any level for any politician. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. Um, It's not the way to handle it. Do I understand where that gentleman's coming from? Yep, I do. Um, But, but again, you know, the, the, the prime minister took time to come out and make a national, you know, address about it. I mean, Stephen Harper got that on a daily basis and no one seemed to care. Um, I mean, Jean Chrétien took a pie in the face. This isn't new. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet they've made it seem like, like her life is at risk, right? <laughs> and it's like, you're a politician. You're a bad politician. You're the deputy prime minister. You're in a province that you've, that, that you've thumbed for the, for the seven years you've been in power. And you are looking around like, could you believe that happened to me? I, I get it. That's the part. Like, so, so you go, you, you go after oil, you've recently gone after farming and you think you're going to show up in Alberta with open arms. I, 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 you know, again, I'm not, there's no, you cannot do what that gentleman did. You just can't. It's, it, it doesn't, it's not good for, for, it's not good for the opposition. It's, 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 it's morally incorrect, despite the fact I would love to do it too, but you just can't. But the reality is they, they are like, can you believe this happened? Oh yeah. I can't believe it happened. It happened to Stephen Harper on a daily basis. It happened to every, every, it happens to politicians all the time. And frankly, what did you expect after you, after you, after you literally alienate a province for seven years? And it's funny too, uh, Chris, Freeland is is not does not have a financial background. She is not. She's a reporter, and that's what I find interesting is when they sit down around the table at I don't know anywhere in in the world, and she looks around the room and she sees all these people with the credentials to be sitting there, and she's a reporter. That's got a like you have to feel small in that world. And, and again, I'm not, again, I, I'm like you, I don't, I do not advocate anything that, that happened, but I think you have put somebody in a very tenuous position. You put them it with much exposure, much, much risk, a lot on her plate, big responsibility, no wherewithal, none. like, like none other than standing in, in the media. She knows that part of it. But, but again, if you don't have the background, people are going to continue to hurl things at you because you don't have the background. Well, I mean, to watch her in question and answer period in the house of commons and and see a a person like Pierre, who is, who is, uh, you know, I mean, you know, has the wherewithal understands economics and just, I constantly undresses her must be fatiguing from her side because it's extremely entertaining. I mean, I mean, when is, when, when is the house's house of commons ever been as entertaining as it has been over the last, I'm going to say three years, mm-hmm. especially during question and answer period, especially with Pierre at the helm. I mean, he is a pit bull, uh, you know, whether, whether you like him or not, at least he holds him accountable. And it's embarrassing to watch her fumble after he asks her a pointed question, you know? Yeah. My favorite is when she swallows in mid sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so the member for Carlton <laughs> and then doesn't answer the question. <laughs> yeah. She couldn't anyway. So I was, I was a bit shocked at this, and and again, I, I I listen. I well, I try to observe. I try to listen. I try to hear people when they when they give different views about something. And uh, I'm part of a group, and we meet once a month. And uh, in this group, a lot of a lot of different thought leaders, I would call them. And uh, and and Pierre Polyev was brought up as far as can he win they think he can win the leadership of the conservatives Mm -hmm. but they're not exactly sure that he can win the office of the prime minister 
And uh, again, I've had a chance to sit down with them. Uh, I might have drank the Kool-Aid. I'm not sure. But um, a lot of people were saying, well, he needs to pull back from these positions in order to get into that office because a lot of Canadians, it might scare them off saying, well, he's just just way too extreme. And, and I'm not sure how you feel about this, but, you know, again, he's one of those people that has inspired a young, a young demographic and, and he's really used social media as a, as a sword and he's, he's brought so many conservatives over and and in your mind, does he have that wherewithal to, you know, I I think he's probably the front one runner for conservative leadership, but to win the office. Well, I think you got to give him a chance. I mean, if we're going to talk about democracy, then then true democracy, then then you can't rig this stuff. So if he gets elected to lead the conservative party, then 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 that base believes he's the person that needs to be put forward. Now, listen, I I can step way outside of partisanship and say what is in the best interest of the com- country. Um, I, I I mean, John Schrey is not the answer to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I do think that that um, Pierre uh, will pull back on, on, on some of those issues. But the reality is this is what, this is, this is, you know, people, people fear this populist vote and they're like, Oh, you know, this is, this is the Donald Trump scenario of the U S no, first of all, no, it's not for, for a couple of reasons. One, he's very educated. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very inclusive. Um, he understands politics. Uh, you know, he, he is a career politician um, and he's been elected, uh, a, 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 a number of times, I can't remember off the top of my head. Like he, he has yeah. been in there four, four or five, uh, times, four or five right? times. Yeah. So, so I disagree. Um, I, I would say there are a handful of things that he should pull back on quickly. Um, I, we've already talked about this, but you know, similar to the arrive can app, cryptocurrency is not is not front and center for for most Canadians, and and frankly, most of them live in fear of it. So, so they kind of denounce it because they don't understand it, and I get that. So there's an area where he's got to pull back and he's got to pull back quickly. Um, I am, you know, you and I've talked about this and, and I, I bothers me that we constantly have to make this, I made a choice to get vaccinated statement before we go down this path. Mm. But, but he's, he's, he's got to watch that walk, that fine line, um, in the, in, in, in the freest freedom and choice. Now I, I agree with him. I, I, you know, listen, I think, uh, and, and we've been here before and I find this ironic about, about the current liberals is what's gone on in the U S with Roe versus Wade. Um, I, I, uh, no, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Roe versus Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and then we look at uh, how they come, how the liberals come out and say, oh, we will always be pro-choice. Yeah. Well, I agree. I'm, I'm, I, that is a woman's choice. Uh, I don't think that's a debate in this country. I don't think it's even a debate within the conservative party no. with, with its current base. So I agree. So well, I'm going to go to it. It's, it becomes personal choice, the right to choose. I can't, I can't make a decision when I get to apply that when, and when I don't. I mean, the reality is we are on the other side of this pandemic, although I think this government is going to try and, and impose, um, um, again, m- more lockdowns come the fall. I, I, I firmly do believe they're going to drive some fear. But if you're going to be pro-choice, you have to be pro-choice. You have to give people the ability to, to, to choose. And, and that, and that when you're talking about health, it's not just about abortion. It has to be what, what they do with their body, what they want to put in it. I'm going to make the decision for me. I'm going to make the decision that's, that's in the best interest of, of me and my family. I may have a different opinion than other people. If those people are not harming me, that's their choice. And, and a year after, um, almost a year after we were told, you know, that, 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 you know, vaccines reduce transmission and, and stop you from getting sick. All of us, uh, vaccinated or not, pretty much got COVID. Um, it had nothing to do with vaccines. Um, even the statistical data now around reducing, uh, I mean, it did not reduce transmission, but reducing the level of sickness does apply in certain demographics, um, older demographics, much older than you and I, mm-hmm. uh, let alone, let alone, uh, you know, if we're middle-aged, there's a whole youth movement that, that did not probably need to go there. And yet, and yet we, we told these people they were not part of society. And, and again, I think that's where Pierre is going to walk a fine line, but I also think he's attracting a lot of people with those statements, right? Well, and, and the, the freest Canada and, and, uh, and, and you bring up a good point, which is, 
you know, he is, he's walking uh, a line, which is a free Canada means that, you know, you were told you cannot get on a plane, you cannot get on a train, you can't do anything, you can't go into restaurants. And he really did his best to segregate. And, and Pierre comes along saying, listen, it's free Canada means that that should all be accessible to you with no, but with no, no scientific data to back it up. And that's the key to this is, is listen, if, if people are at harm, and that's what I was trying to say, if there was a genuine concern that, that, that we could cause harm to people because of it, um, then, then we can go there. But when I, I, one of the best lines I've ever heard is like, when, when did, when did vaccinating myself protect other people, right? And 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 again, I if a person's vaccinated, well, then they should have no fear of why my child was vaccinated this week with his with his one year old vaccines. Not, I I mean, obviously we make that decision, but the idea is, well, if he steps into a room with with thirty kids and two of them aren't vaccinated, well, he is vaccinated. That's going to protect him. Right. Like the whole, the it was a reverse. Yeah. It was, and, and, and it was, it was mythical to be sincere. And, and, and again, when you go back on it, it, it was proven empirically that that was not true. Right. Like statistically empirically, like you can, you can pour over as much data and go as many different ways with it as you can. It just wasn't true. Brian Lilly talked about that this week of, of this group in Ontario, the the science table. I don't. Are you familiar with this at all? It was. A, I've heard about the science I mean, table. I mean, yeah. they were they were self imposed COVID experts, um, right. and 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 like Brian Lilly said, they got everything wrong every time by a by a country mile. And he had the data, and he's like, at what point are we going to tell these people? I mean, forget the fact they're not accountable for the, for what they produced. Um, but at what point are we going to, as a society, say, okay, enough of your absolute lies and mm-hmm. and just mythical data, um, and move on with our lives? Because Doug Ford is saying, nope, that we're not we're not going to dismantle them at this point. And 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 again, I think Brian brought a really good point up. Like they had got nothing right ever. So so why would we continue? Um, to listen to them. And, and, it, and it's a valid question, right? Like when, <laughs> what, when, where's the accountability? It, it seems like the word science has been used as a shield and never in the course of history has the word science been so disparaged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, but follow the science that I heard that so many times in so many different channels, like follow the science. Speaking of platforms, I, I saw, I think it was on Roman... Roland Barber for conservatives that he was uh, also talking about defunding the CBC mm. saying he wasn't going to wait until the afternoon. He would do it the morning he took office. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I chuckled cause that was a great line now. And, and this, this, this narrative, but then again, um, I don't know if it's like CBC is hearing this and going, we, we have to start being a little bit more objective here, people. So you are seeing more um, articles that I, I, I think are not attacking, but they're, they're, they're being very negative towards the current federal government, which I find refreshing. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like as far as the, the media side of this and, and the defund, because it, it gets, it's getting a little, little bit more traction, but I, I still think a lot of people are are put off by that because they're saying, "Well, it has my favorite show, and I love the programming, and mm-hmm. it keeps our it keeps our um, our national identity." Um, and, and and again, those are all things that I think are um, are those people's truths, mm-hmm. and I, I don't have any issue with that. And I've listened to CBC, and I find some of the programming excellent. Mm-hmm. I. So the and again, this is again, this is where I go with this government is the divisiveness of all or nothing. So the 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 I believe CBC has a place in this country too. Um, you know, I think one of the best lines there. I, I get a couple points, but one of the best lines Aaron O'Toole said is, "I'm not sure the Canadian taxpayers should be funding Canada Family Feud for an audience of eighty thousand. And and you know what? Valid point. It actually, you know, I was like, you know what? Great. That is a, that is a good example. Um, you know, should we be funding, you know, I always laugh on the local CBC, uh, radio here. And I, and I honestly have not tuned in now for years. Cause it just, again, it, it's gone too far one way for me, but, but, you know, I, I, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, no commercials, um, um, delivered program, but I always laughed at the things uh, uh, up next. We are in Nelson at a beaver dam and you're like, 
to talk about. And you're like, really? Like now uh, there is a, there is a role. I, I think it, I think there's a lot of places that CBC can play a role. I, I, where they've lost me. And I, we've talked about this before is Rosemary Barton gets on there um, and, and spins uh again, just lies about where we're at as a country. And, and it was, I, I've told you this, the defining moment for me was, um, in, in that, in that freedom convoy period where, where I was watching, you know, post-millennial totally. Mm -hmm. And I was watching live videos, um, of what was actually happening at the exact, on my phone at the exact same time I was watching CBC and, and, and they were so polar opposites of, of, Factually, what I can visually see and what was being reported, and I went, "That's it. That was the last day for me." And and for me, the uh, the other I guess nail in the in the coffin for me is is when you have very um, respected journalists. And I went to school for journalism, so I I grew up on these names. And and for them to leave the CBC based on the fact, and and they would do kind of an exit uh, column, <laughs> and it was you know, we've done this work for a lot of years. We felt good about the work we were doing. And then all of a sudden we need to back away from this because it, it just became too much. And they, when, when respected journalists are starting to, you know, basically sound the bell saying we, we can't continue to sleep at night and look ourselves in the mirror and know that we are doing just by, by Canadians. And, and I think that was the issue for me. But, but again, that where, where I have no problems and I think there's a role is I go back to some of the greats, um, that are no longer with us. So more along the lines of CBC radio, but, mm. but Stuart McLean or, or oh, Peter yeah. Zosky, right. And, and again, I, that was not about the government of this time. It was about storytelling mm -hmm. Canadians and it was phenomenal to listen to. It was more along the lines of a Gord Downey, um, mm -hmm. uh, Canada, which, which I would love to see and promote, you know, and again, even it doesn't, you know, that may not be attractive to certain groups. Um, I grew up on that. So I listened to that as a, as a, kid and was exposed to that and loved it and learned to love it. But again, there were other places. Listen, um, unfortunately, he he's going to taint the show when I say his name. But Gian Gameshi, if you take him out of the equation, ran a phenomenal show. Um, oh. You know, George, you know, before his Hockey Night in Canada debacle, mm -hmm. ran a phenomenal show that focused on Canadian music and 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 grassroots uh, bands and and talked about true um, true st Canadian stories. That's where the CBC can play a role, and that's where we should be funding it. It's good. Uh, it's good for society. Uh, the interesting thing for me is the disruptive technology which we found we find ourselves in, like pretty much anybody with a laptop and a microphone can can have a voice and and really if you if you start thinking about the amount of platforms that are available to people to create these docu-series or to to dive into the the hummingbird let you know an explorative example like you you have so much content out there so I asked the question, if you have that much out there, and and again, you want to be reflective of society and you want to make sure that you are catering to a large, diverse of society, I think there's enough out there that if you did defund the CBC, which again, it, it already creates this subjective view. I think if you give any money to someone, they're always going to pander to you. I think based on the technology, we might be we might be fueling this this dodo bird a little bit too long and and defund means not shut down it just means we're not going to give you any more money like if you if you want to create um, a, a balance sheet that's actually going to be balanced go ahead do whatever you need to do like hockey night in canada makes a lot of money mm -hmm. and that can fuel a lot of different programming mm -hmm. well where do where uh, I, again I, how does David Suzuki go from the nature of things, which as again, as a child, I, I would not have been, I, I wouldn't have the subjective ability to understand at that time what it was, but it could continue in the show and take it and go, oh, this is very interesting and I'm learning things. How do you go from that David Suzuki to the David Suzuki of today that has a carbon footprint 
um, bigger than 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 25 Canadian families combined um, across most of of the Pacific Rim hemisphere. I mean, it's not just in Vancouver where his 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 holdings are significant, but it's in other countries. Regularly flies pri- private planes, mm-hmm. um, and 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 yet within the last year um, has stoked fires to blow up uh, and 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 cause uh, wreckage to pipelines. Like mm-hmm. where where did we go? Where did we get there from from the David Suzuki of of the nature of things to to the to this David Suzuki? And why do we still? Why do most again quote unquote liberals think that he's God? Like why can't you take again? I'm, I'm going back. Hey, listen. I had a time when I went. Wow, he's the marker for for environmentalists in Canada. Now he's an extremist, right? I mean, he's he's borderline a terrorist, yep. and 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 yet no, no, he's the. He's he's the Bible of of environment. Well, he's not. Like, can you not take a subjective view and go, wait a second? You live in a you have multiple homes, five six thousand square feet in the west end of Vancouver. You fly planes. You own you own properties in I believe Australia or New Zealand. Um, what? Like, yeah. It, for a lot of people, it 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 does. It starts to use that word of hypocrisy, and I think, and I know a friend of mine has rents one of his places and it is literally 5,000 square feet completely renovated. There's no solar panels. (laughs) There's no, uh, you know, he's not refurbished wood or any, any, everything and everything is brand spanking new. And, and again, where I urge anyone to deep dive if they think we are speaking out of turn on David Suzuki, especially because I've done a little bit of digging, and and again, what I found was something completely different than what I thought. Because I grew up on on the nature of things as well, of course. So, at some point, you got to start asking questions. How does someone derive that amount of money that quickly, and then continue to have this narrative of, no, we have to shut down the energy because uh, you know we're all we're all going to just use unicorn dust to fuel our economy. Like I, again, I, I don't understand. Or our economy. That's 1.5% of the emissions in the world. What, what about the two countries that make up the 50% that are, that are developing, you know? And, and here's the reality. You actually do want to fuel those economies, not, not for our own gain, but it, but it actually creates long-term sustainable energy options. So the minute you pull people or the, as you start to pull people out of poverty, that's when we can start to curb emissions. Like again, the, it, it, it's not an overly complex understanding of, of how this works, but, but they're going to do it anyway. So the question is, are we going to help support it with the cleanest possible uh, options or are we going to continue to let um, coal be burnt and and you know countries like Saudi Arabia that kill free journalists to 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 to, to sell them oil and, and like women uh, uh, the, the oppression of, of 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 women and yet our own country still imports oil from from these countries right that's the that's the mind blowing part and yet and yet here we are going after Alberta and farmers in in their use of of fertilizer and how can we. How can Quebec fundamentally shut down pipelines through their province and yet still willingly take transfer payments? Yeah, that will always go down. But there was actually a great article, this I think it was in The Sun this morning, that talked about they raided provinces. Did you see that by chance? Mm. So we're actually number one on, on multiple levels, BC, um, and Quebec is, is at the bottom. Um, and, and it went through a bunch of stuff. It should have been more armed for it, but it talked about not just, oh, I like the mountains, but, but it got into, got into the kind of the, the politics, the people, um, uh, again, the takers versus the givers, right? It was, well, the debacle that is uh, building an airport yeah. <laughs> it, it, in that province, there is, is so much, um, under the table stuff going on oh. and, and unions and labor and it is an organized crime. Oh. I mean, they're still paying for an Olympics that happened <laughs> before I was born. <laughs> you know what I mean? And not one of those buildings was, was well done. Right. Uh, yeah. And Quebec actually has a lot of resources. Tons. That's the other thing is, is they continue that, that national energy program. I mean, kudos because to push that through, I, I mean, uh, there has been talk from uh, different people that are vying for the leadership in in Alberta, saying, "Yeah, we're we're going to take a hard look at that." Who was prime minister when that national energy program I, got pushed? Through? I'm trying to. <laughs> I think his name, his last name's familiar. <laughs> Let's go uh, provincial because uh, 
we, we must leave no stone unturned. I mean, that's that's what we do. Hey, that's why I come here. <laughs> well, you pay me the big bucks. I know. I know. Which, when does a check come, by the well, way? Well, it, it's just, it's caught up right now. Like the... <laughs> The mail system, <laughs> hey, right. uh, BCGEU. Um, you know, people have heard maybe some of the uh, the marketing um, in regards to the employees and and, uh, and and not keeping up with inflation and that sort of thing. Your thoughts on this uh, on this conflict and, and where it's at today? So I think the job action that's ended today, t- to their credit, and I think that they were, uh, I think they woke up to the fact that they didn't have public support. So you're coming out of a, a couple year period that that absolutely destroyed hospitality, it destroyed tourism, and their job action was sending that that group right back, uh, right back down a hole that they couldn't go. And I actually think the BCG woke up to that and said, uh, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to take our job action down. Very dangerous game, uh, right now to be playing with tourism in this province, especially mm. in, you know, locally, which they're less, uh, that, that, that would not occur to them. It is a province wide strike, but but again, um, you know, again in isolation, you look at things like um, um, they they I, I don't know specifically BCGTU, but but brothers and sisters standing together um, delayed two cruise ships from leaving Vancouver this week. Uh, we have just fought to get to get cruise ships back stopped here. Um, there was a law that was changed in the U.S. that allowed them to pass our port. Um, and, and again, I think you're playing with fire at that point and a public that's probably probably not in support. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I don't I, again you you know you have a very pro union government in British Columbia right now. Um, hands down the most pro-union government that 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 can be elected and yet you can't get a deal done the the other piece i don't understand um is and and again i, I guess i do understand but i think it's got to be brought into the modern era if i'm a nurse um i i would want to stand as a nurse's union i would not i would not want to be um to, with no offense to people that are filling boxes at a, at a liquor distribution center, I just I think if you're a nurse right now, you've probably got a lot more uh, empathy from from the public than the broad stroke. Absolutely, yeah. and and I've I've never understood that. Um, I I mean I do hypothetically understand uh, why they do it, but um, I'd be out fighting my own fight. Um, yeah, and and that's the interesting thing is when I see the uh, when they try to include everyone on that list. And again, I have respect for anyone that holds down a job. I do. But I think you do have a gap when it comes to public affection for somebody that dispenses liquor versus somebody who dispenses health, medicine, caring, empathy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and whenever I heard the the ads or whenever I saw the ads, it was really trying to make sure that they they weren't singling any position out or category out. And I thought that was very smart because, again, if you're working at that at that liquor store, that B.C. government liquor store and and we've all been in, well, I've been in a liquor store and I've seen the people working. They're happy. They're smiling. Um, I always look at is there not enough people to fill those positions and fundamentally they're people don't leave so that's telling number one that i I think the job's okay number two and that was going back to certain positions where if there was an absolute if there wasn't anyone to run the tills or run the back or anything else then i go yeah i think we have a problem Mm -hmm. but it's never been the case and i think between the benefits the time off and well, you're you're better in that space, but all the let's call them amenities when it comes to that position, you would have a lineup around the block for that position. Yeah, and and again, you can go further than that and talk about you know our socialist model, the liquor distribution versus the the province next to us, um, and and you know I guess from a from a from a worker standpoint, I guess the argument would be again if I'm gonna I'm gonna try and try and be totally bipartisan here, they they would say, hey, listen, we we create sustainable uh, long term jobs um, for for people to support families. Okay, I can sign off on that. Um, I don't know uh, in in Alberta. Um, does it mean you're lower paying job to stock a shelf? I guess so. Um, is it a is it is you, you know again I'm I'm all for you know I'm a 
pretty big capitalist. I'm all for supply and demand. If if there's lots of p- people to fill the position um, at at a wage, um, that's then, what I mean. Then yeah. you fill the position. We have some of the highest liquor costs uh, in Canada, mm-hmm. um, which also leads to being some of the highest liquor costs in the world. Um, Ontario, the LCBO, largest private distribution uh, uh, liquor center in the world, um, and again driven by high costs, hard to get listings. Um, big political game, and Alberta's a free for all. Low cost, uh, co- you know, a low cost of liquor, easy to access. Again, are those things right? Well, we're distributing it, so I'm not going to, you know, you know. I, I mean, people are going to make the choices they're going to make, right? I, I'm not well, sure. I'm, I'm here to tell them if they can or can't drink. Let me just uh, ask you: If you're going to Alberta in the Costco liquor store, if you wouldn't mind picking some stuff up <laughs> for me, <laughs> which and again, it's it's the same, right? Why do we limit the amount of booze you can bring back from the U.S. for those exact same reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lower cost model. Uh, which again keeps inflation down and 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 doesn't you know does a number of things allows for for more product distribution um, allows for private enterprise uh, whereas in a controlled economy uh, like ours um, you have a you have a only a small group of people that are allowed to distribute um, and they continue to to build more wealth um, and 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 again I. It's interesting that during that whole shutdown period, uh, liquor stores, cannabis stores, wineries were never ever touched, mm-hmm. and I found that very interesting. And and again, I'm not I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. I'm just saying that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened, and and I have a problem with that. Well, you know, on the broader spectrum of BCGU, um, one of the things that came out this week. Uh, you know Terry Mooring, who who represents the teachers' union. I believe it was Terry Mooring that came out and said, "Do you?" I heard her make a public statement, and she said, "Do you have any idea what we've been through in the last two years?" And I, first of all, I thought to myself, "Are you for real? Like, like, did you do you think I was on an island that didn't have COVID? Like, yeah, I know you've been through the last two years. You know, you and you got a paycheck. You guys got paychecks, mm-hmm. and and you did your job." And I appreciate that. You know, I, I, I there are some phenomenal teachers in the world. I had dinner with one last night. And this guy, I he taught me 25 years ago. And I have all the time in the world for him because he's a good human being. And he, he molds youth and he does it very well, as do most teachers. But yes, I know what you went through because I was living it with you. And I went through the same challenges. My only difference is I didn't, I wasn't guaranteed a paycheck. Mm-hmm. The government gave me a loan to run my business. That those are like like, and I'm not here to get in a you know, but but that statement creates divisiveness. Yeah, I know I was there, and I had my challenges, and you had your challenges, and we got through it together. Don't make statements like, "Do you have any idea what we've been through?" I know what you've been through. We all know what you've been through. We all lived it. You know. Okay, so locally, um, and and again, we leave no stone unturned. Uh, locally, how do we feel? When leading up to an election, how much uh, forward facing does the incumbent get with the public? So, um, again, their term is, you know, four years and, and it's it's not like three and a half or three, three point eight months. Like it's it's literally four years. Mm-hmm. At what point does uh, that forward facing public dollars as far as uh, profile and and uh, and really helping launch a campaign, uh, when does that shut off? And and that's the biggest question, uh, I think, for this program, is when does that shut off? Because we've seen, whether it be premiers, prime ministers, well, famously, Mr. Justin Trudeau wrote a bunch of checks to uh, yep. people over the age of seniors, uh, seniors saying there's one time only check. <laughs> you can't get this with the next prime minister um, because they they fundamentally go out and vote. And he literally, literally said, I, I, I mean, I mean, as close to literal sent it with their ballot box. Right. <laughs> it was literally like. Here is the here is here is Elections Canada's uh, tick the box and by the way here's a check I just slipped in underneath it so so yeah it it was that actually happened <laughs> that that yeah. that did happen and, and it was funny too because the reaction was people going yeah that's great and, and uh, but do you not see that you are being manipulated yeah now you're bringing it up um, because locally here there's been some questions about whether our mayor is doing that now or not and and I. 
I, again, I'd say he's probably playing within the lines. I, I mean, you're the incumbent. That's what's going to happen. Um, um, you know, I, I would say the same thing at the at the at the premier level. I mean, you you that's that's a little bit of the of, of the upper hand to sit in the seat. Now, to go to the extreme to hand checks out uh, with the with the exact same time that you're calling election. I mean, I mean, that's just blatant and it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't I don't fault Colin for it. And I think he's walked that fine line. Um, but you're right. How do you how do you define that? I, I don't know. Um uh, you know, he was late to announce his, in, I mean, everyone knew he was running again. It was the worst kept secret, but he was late to announce it, um, which then also brings in some question is he obviously knew. And uh, it'll be an interesting municipal, I, I believe across Canada, it is going to be a very interesting municipal election. In the last week, I've done a lot of reading on what's going on. And it's a hard one because um, there's less resources. So you've got to go vet people on your own. What I think is going to happen in municipal politics in Canada, but we'll specifically talk about Kelowna, is is that is it's the barrier to entry to, to politics, right? It's it's the minor leagues, and then and then and then you kind of you kind of go to major, junior if you're at the provincial level, mm-hmm. and then you're playing in the big show at the federal level. So um, the struggle with municipal politics over the next four, the next this election for sure, whether it bleeds into the next one, will be this populist vote that's coming out. So if you look at the slate of candidates that's running in Kelowna, it is mind-blowing and it would take you uh, a doctorate degree to actually get to the core root of all of them. Um, And there is a lot of um, fringe players, I'm going to call it, that that have, have felt extremely slighted over the past three years and are now saying, no, I'm getting into politics. And, and, you know, if you, if you, if you fear that populist vote, hang on to your seats because it's coming and it's coming hard. But remember, it was the current governments, specifically federally and provincially, that caused this mess. When you when you have extre- extremism in government, you breed more extremism. And that's what's happening is when you do what, what those governments did over the past couple of years, this is, the, this is the cause and effect. It is the outcome. And, and I do think... When you look back at at the election, um, I think Colin won with eighteen thousand votes, and and really, that's that's not overwhelming. Like, I mean, if if you were to look at the mayoral candidates, like uh, Tom Dias, even a Dave Habib, who has a following probably within the business sector, yep, I would say. I would say. You have this, uh, you know, now all of a sudden you might have a little bit of vote splitting and that kind of thing. And now maybe it's 14,000 to win or maybe it's 12. We don't even know. Which is less than 10% of our population. Right? Yeah. I, I think I think Greater Columbus sits at 155,000 people. So 10% of the population is deciding who runs the city. The, the good part about the mayor's seat or, or, or the part a lot of people don't understand is they actually have no more or less power than a council, than anyone sitting in the council. So it's a vote. A vote is a vote. Um, it, it really becomes a figurehead and it's a full-time job versus a one day a week job. And, and you're ambassador, really. Yeah, you're an ambassador. And you, and again, you, you know, you're probably more front and center and you get to, you get to shake hands and do all the fun things. You have to also take some heat. Um, a but, little bit. Yeah. Jeez. No, and and that's just it. Is is right now we find ourselves, you know, homelessness is is obviously getting more and more attention, especially in Kelowna because we've had an amazing summer. Like, I mean, amazing, unreal, best one I remember in a long time. I, me too. Yep. Like, I am just fundamentally excited about every single day, and yep. and, and it's tough to go to bed at night because you're like, man, it's still beautiful outside. Yep. There's no mosquitoes. Like, I mean, what a gem yep. of a city. So you have homelessness where you're like, they're besmirching our beautiful, like, you know, you can see the uh, people are having struggles when they go down the rail trail and there's more and more encampments, it seems like. And there's more and more crime. I mean, the the crime right now, I would say, is at its zenith. Um, And and I, I hope, and again, I don't know the inner workings, but we have to start. And, and, and again, I don't know the inner workings. So between uh, the city, between RCMP, between bylaw, between, and, and now you have vigilante groups saying enough is enough. Like, I mean, there is such a microscope right now on this city and, and probably across Canada. Yeah. And the, the, I think the struggle that, uh, that 
if you're in municipal politics is is how how hand tied you are. So I think a lot of people say, oh, we need another bridge crossing and 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 the homeless population is out of control and we need more policing. And and the reality is a lot of those decisions are not made here locally. They're just advocates to the province, mostly. Most of the decisions are made at the provincial level. Um, so they become advocates to the province to, to affect change. To Colin's credit, he has actually done a pretty good job in in that regard uh, over the over the at least the last twelve months, um, uh, but but I, it it must be a struggle to sit in municipal politics and can constantly get hammered with the issues that are not not available to be controlled at your level. Because um, because yeah. it, it's about partnerships and and if you and again we have we do not have um you know tracy gray is on the opposition like that that's the other part of this which is we don't seem to get a lot of dollars a lot of times because no. you know we have fronted a horse that's not in the governing party and i think that hurts us more than people realize oh and and it's it hurts us on the provincial level too i mean we've never I mean, we've never sniffed an NDP seat in 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 the true core of the Central Okanagan. Do you think John Horgan cares about us? You're you're kidding if you if if you think they're throwing us a dollar. They do exactly what they need to to not look like they're ignoring us. But but the reality is, when those guys are in power, we're 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 up the creek without a paddle. And so, thank goodness that the liberals, local the the provincial liberals, um, who are getting a new name because. So many party members are disgusted by the name. No, it's honestly first. You know that, right? It's yeah. Kevin Falcon's first. Well, and, Kevin, and, Kevin Falk was on this program. Yeah, and and so okay, so whatever the new name is, the new the new co. Um, you know, thank goodness though. When you go back to the days, Gordon Campbell, Christy Clark, that they did inject the capital and and again got us a bridge built. Which every day I have I have multiple employees that walk through shaking their heads. Right, need a second crossing. Need another option. Right, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, it's not going to happen under our current government. Well, Christy Clark, uh, and and when you know we had that, she was basically in the West Kelowna riding. I mean, fantastic! That that was a phenomenal moment in our history where uh, you had somebody who actually visited the riding, was a was an advocate, and and being premier. I mean, she controls a lot of dollars, and we're talking dollars we could never sniff at again unless things change. Yep. So. Listen, uh, appreciate you being on the program. Today's been a hoot again, and uh, bring you back again, Mr. Cox. Love to be here. Thanks for the time.